0: because you're sitting across from me. (coughs) Welcome to Off-Time Jive. My name is Gian Gomez.
1: My name is Michael Holler.
0: And my name is Tyler Pino.
1: And my name is Gian Gomez.
0: Well, you have to speak softer what? If, if you're going to be Gian. Uh-huh. My name is Gian Gomez. There you go. Absolutely perfect. I'm... Uh, what, did you, mm, what did you want to talk about? <laughs> Welcome back, Gian. It's, it's been quite some time, hasn't it? Uh,
1: thank you for having me back, Michael. <laughs>
0: I can't tell what you're trying to do with your voice, but it sounds like you're trying to be a seductive version of wow. Mr. Rogers and it's really freaking me out. <laughs> uh, is he turning you on even a little bit? Uh, actually yeah. Not you not just a little bit, quite, you quite want a bit to take actually. take
1: your shoes off before you come in the house?
0: Well, my, my shoes are off.
1: Tell you what I take off before I come in your house. Let's move on. Okay. Michael, a lot's been happening in the news recently. Um, have you heard about this thing with Sony?
0: No, what happened with Sony?
1: Oh, well, apparently of course,
0: I, I know what happened with Sony. Tell me anyways.
1: Oh, I was asking you. I just I read an, a headline. they had made a movie um at some point, and then they didn't want to release it. They're yeah, they're going to release it. Yeah. Did you actually hear the uh, the interview? They are going to be releasing it apparently for free um, for free which is on fantastic on Crackle.com, dot com, which is a streaming service owned by Sony, which you've never heard of.
0: Um, I have heard of Crackle before, um, my family had this, it's like a streaming service box called the Roku that my father at one point, well, my stepfather at one point felt compelled to buy, so he did buy it, uh, which confounded me, because I had an Xbox 360 and it was already hooked up and everything, and it literally did the exact same thing, so he just spent, like, a hundred or so dollars on it. Yeah. It's always redundant. But anyways, it came with crackle already on it, and I used it before, and it's basically like streaming films off of YouTube with ads. Really? Yeah, the quality's pretty bad.
1: I mean my parents had a Roku as well. Uh but that's a fascinating story, huh? North Korea, dude.
0: No, it's
1: there really are, are fucking militant Asian cyber overlords at this point.
0: Oh yeah, they're they're so Powerful. There's such a there's such a force to be trifled with.
1: You know what's amazing to me is that we live in this fucking culture of fear, where somewhere like North fucking Korea could have any kind of sway over American culture and things that we do.
0: It's it's honestly quite pathetic. Especially, I mean, this goes back to a couple months ago when they had the whole Ebola thing going on, and people were just stricken with fear. They're like, "Oh, I'm not gonna do this. I can't do this. I can't go outside." Mm-hmm. And it's it's quite honestly pretty pathetic because America, nowadays at least, has become this shell of what it once formerly was. It's just this. It's like the. It's like the, It's like that. Back in like the, the late nineties,
1: you know, when you were born. Well, that yeah. Glorious nation of born. We the,
0: the glorious nation of nineties, like Power Rangers was on the rise, Transformers were down. Um, but no, it's it's like where, what is it? A groundhog now? Like we're just afraid of our own shadow at this point, which is baffling because the number one thing that america spends on is defense spending uh we spend more than i think something like the next 25 countries next to us combined
1: yeah more or less that doesn't count 22 of them are our allies allies. like because when you look at military powers you have to kind of look at the european union as being one thing and they're almost ahead of us and as china's pretty close not How North far
0: Korea. is North Korea close to us?
1: I don't know. I saw the movie Red Dawn, the remake, and apparently they have <laughs> the complete power to wipe out the entire West what? Coast and destroy our infrastructure, and only uh, Thor and the kid from Drake and Josh have the power to save us.
0: You know, there was a game that came out um, a year prior to that film, I believe. It was called Homefront. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was a game. It actually had some remarkable circumstances that were tied into the movie because... Uh, like the movie, it was a game that was shelved for something like five years and then suddenly they just brought it back. So everything looked really dated and really like out of place and everything. But when the game was coming out, it was this huge, uh, it was this huge thing because it's this very patriotic kind of take America back from the Koreans kind of thing. Um, but it was, it was this really interesting thing. But the release of that game, Homefront, what happened was the Chinese version of the game, which I imagine is ten times better. Instantly, because uh, since they had to appeal to that Asian market, they changed it, okay? Mm-hmm. So instead of North Korea invading America and destabling, like, our entire military and economy, it was actually Canada that invaded America. Those fucks. <laughs> Completely unprovoked. Like, and I mean, the, the game was so bad that everyone was just literally wearing masks and helmets anyway, so you couldn't tell anything about them, so they're, like, featureless. So all they did was basically change the, uh... the North Korean flags on the uniforms to the Canadian flag. And I still I
1: buy that more. Like yeah. Canada, at least, would be a little bit more competent. And they're closer to us.
0: Yeah. Well, Plus, but, you're not
1: expecting it.
0: Yeah. But you expect
1: an attack from North Korea eventually, where they're just like, Oh, we gotta get you! Oh, we blew ourselves
0: up instead. I mean, the, the, the sad thing <laughs> is, they're so... They're so incompetent. They're, they're not they're not only incompetent, they're hilariously incompetent. Like, they could launch... Um it's
1: amazingly so. I don't know if I've told this story on the podcast before, but there was an attack from North Korea when they were... Um, there's famous tunnels going into South Korea, um, just south of the demilitarized zone, um, which is the border between North and South Korea. And they uh, the North Koreans... This was back in maybe like the 60s, not too long after the war had ended um well, it actually the, didn't the, the end the war
0: yeah. the korean conflict is what it's the, widely well it is
1: a war and it's still going on technically there's a ceasefire it was never there's never a treaty or anything that said that there's no more war but um they tried to tunnel their way into south korea and when they got caught inevitably because they were just like um uh, <laughs> they tunneled are, up a, into the middle like, of a excuse McDonald's. me like oh this isn't where i pop my car <laughs> um, <laughs> they said that they would i their love cover your asian up, voice yeah, that's my North Korean voice. They, their cover-up for that was that they were mining coal. Now, keep in mind, their number one and essentially only export in North Korea is coal. They have coal coming out their fucking ass. They have coal anywhere. They could use it for anything. And what did they do to make it look like they were mining coal? Dear Leader's brilliant fucking plan was, Oh, Wretched spray paint order rocks a fucking different color. And so he spray-painted all the fucking rocks in this tunnel black.
0: I think I to have make heard it this.
1: look like coal.
0: Yeah.
1: When they could have just as easily put some fucking coal in the tunnel and been <laughs> like, hey, we were mining coal, totally. It's you right know, here. See
0: now I'm thinking like we're
1: very good at this. This is what we do, we're North Korea.
0: Now I'm thinking like all their prototype missiles and their rockets and all I I'm thinking that they're now all powered by coal.
1: <laughs> oh, probably.
0: <laughs> That's why they get about twenty feet off the ground before they plummet back to Earth. Mm-hmm.
1: I was reading an awesome article from... Um, I, I, I can't recall, or else I would give them some credit for this. But they were talking about... Uh, they did an interview with was it the uh, interview? Dennis... No.
0: With uh, Seth Rogen and James <laughs> Franco?
1: It wasn't that one. Yeah,
0: because you haven't seen it.
1: No, not yet. Um, it was an interview with Dennis Rodman talking about how he, uh, you know, befriended Kim Jong-il. They're best buds now. Uh, do you know that whole yeah. story? You yeah. went over to do a documentary for Vice.com, which you should check out. I have astounding. seen it, actually. Um,
0: the basketball tournament between the Harlem Globetrotters and the North Korean team. So <laughs> <don't>...
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, but he went back a couple times after that. He's He's gone like three times total. Um, uh, and none of the other ones had any, you know, filmmaking agenda attached to them. But he said that his reason for going was just because they were friends and whatnot, and he was talking about all of the things that Kim Jong-un had said, and when I'm reading it, I'm thinking like, huh, maybe he's just misunderstood. (laughs) I really feel for Kim Jong-un right now. Because the way Dennis Rodman was telling the story, I was like, I could buy it. But he was just like, he was saying that Kim Jong-un was just like, oh, I just, I want to talk to Obama. I just, I want him to call me. Like, he's this big, like, he's this fucking <laughs>
0: He's a, ex-lover a Scott program.
1: Where he's just like, I just, I just want him to call me. I just, I don't, I want to explain myself.
0: Well, has he, has he not learned that in order to do that, you need to stand out front of the White House and throw rocks at Obama's window and then sing him a, a nice melody?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah well, he probably, he, he would do that, but North Korea is really far away and with a coal powered airplane you can't get to fucking Washington.
0: Well, I mean they could probably just launch a rocket. Probably be you know, it'll have the same effectiveness as throwing a rock.
1: I don't know. They did threaten over 1911s that happened with airplanes. They
0: did. They actually did. Um I I honestly even even the NSA It's just misunderstood, even Michael. Even the NSA was saying, "Listen, there's absolutely no threat whatsoever." But, you know, when Sony gave all the theaters to, you know, the option to pull the thing, they're like, we're going to take it out of our theaters. And they did. And sure. it's 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 just completely unnecessary, unwarranted, overreacting. It's, it's fear-mongering at mm-hmm. this point. And yeah, it really is. And that's all it is. David Obama
1: was just like, yo, what the fuck? That was an exact quote from... <laughs> it? Yeah, they published that in um, Wall Street Journal recently. I, I which like, is a financial magazine. I don't know why they're talking about politics, but they were. Um... <laughs> But he was just like, "Dude, the fuck, the fuck, it's bullshit, bro." <laughs>
0: it's bullshit, bro. Well, let's watch the interview. Um, <laughs> so no, actually, you know, now that you mentioned the uh, the Vice News interview, uh-huh. uh, I saw that a while back, and I had to, I had to imagine. There was one point when I was watching this, and I had to like the entire thing. I you need to imagine it just being like a complete. I'm just, I, the words escaping. It. it starts with an F. Fuck. No, the other F word. No, mm,
1: lesbians.
0: Facade. Faggot. No, that's
1: that's a that's a hateful word. No, it's like
0: facade. God damn, what? Yeah, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: Facade. I don't even know what the fuck you're talking about. And I'm just like, what? Wait, what? Oh, facade. Yeah, no, no, it's a total (laughs) facade.
0: All right, all right, I promise I'm not that stupid, guys. Um, anyways, uh,
1: Pinky promise.
0: I Pinky promise, yeah, because uh, Vice when they went in to do the interview, oh, well, not the actual movie, but like the interview, interview that they had uh when they arrived in North Korea it looked like Las Vegas there were all these lights and everything and they were very confused because if you pull up satellite images of North Korea like real time satellite mm-hmm. images it's a fucking it's black, black hole it's especially a black compared hole. to yeah. South
1: Korea which is Seoul in particular but South Korea in general is just like this massive ball of light
0: yeah and then North Korea is just dark so when they got there and everything was lit up like Las Vegas like they were really surprised and um yeah, they took them on this very regimented path and things like that, and they really controlled every, everything that they saw and did. And it's, it really it seems like a dystopian novel or something of the sort. Um, like it is, it's or Orwellian, I mean. It's... Yeah, yeah. And there was one point when they were leaving North Korea where they saw a bunch, and of course they were with the Harlem Globetrotters for the whole basketball thing, but at the end of the, uh, when they were leaving, they saw a bunch of these kids, and they're on a basketball court, and they were playing, and it looked really staged. Um, and, you know, the Harlem Globetrotters, they got off the bus and they played basketball with them, things like that. And these these little kids in North Korea took out cell phones and started what I imagine is recording or taking pictures, uh, which... You're had,
1: saying this happened in the Vice thing? Yeah, yeah. Because I remember that. I don't remember anything about cell phones.
0: Yeah, no, They if you look, they have cell phones and they're, like, taking photos and pictures mm-hmm. and things. And I it was just so utterly confused because this is a nation... Where people literally fight over the corn out of the cow's shit for food, and they wait, have...
1: everybody doesn't do that.
0: No, no, no. That's that's only that's the only things that happen in Florida. Ah, uh, you're just you're just used to a very skewed perspective. It's, it, yeah, it's,
1: an dystopia, <laughs> it? it's, it's yeah, it's a Orwellian dystopia down there. It's pretty bad. Don't go.
0: Yeah. Um. But but they were like taking out these cell phones and taking pictures and things like that. And I had to imagine a, where did they get these phones? Mm-hmm. B if they have these phones what kind of service do they have because i can't imagine they'd be contracted with literally any cell phone provider ever and in order for them to actually use cell phones they'd have to have their own cell phone satellite correct which i don't believe they have
1: i i think they have satellites i mean it's not quite it's it's not like a fucking desert wasteland there are there are little pockets of technology and for years they had the russians backing them and the Soviet Union, you know, as as, as shitty as it was It, was, it wasn't, it was you know, um, a, a, a third world country It was a second world country That's what that means The first world is the free world The second world is the communist world The third world is all the other shitholes <laughs> That don't get a category
0: Don't <laughs> get a category you have the shit, the shittier, and the shittiest.
1: No, but I, I, I believe that North Korea does have some sort of satellite system, um, or they piggyback off the Chinese because mm. the Chinese oh, are also a big sense. backer of them as well. Um, the other option would be that they were, you know, illegal cell phones that are coming from South Korea because North Korea to fucking Seoul is so so close.
0: You know, I'm I'm imagining just like people with t-shirt cannons, but they're like filled with cell phones and they just like fire them over fire the
1: DMZ. Home, yeah. <laughs>
0: You get a phone, and you get a phone.
1: Well, actually, they could do that, but the city on uh, just north of the DMZ on the North Korean front um, is a complete uh, propaganda city. Yeah, it's not populated. They have actors come in and they turn lights on and off. I've been there; like I've seen it from like the little binoculars that they give you. Yeah, and it, I have to say that like that was one of the weirdest experiences of my life going to the North Korean Demilitarized Zone because you have soldiers come out onto your bus we went and we were like several different tour buses worth of people and the soldiers come up and they're like okay when you go out there A. don't take your camera just don't and they're very stern about this because they're like you could fucking start World War 3 motherfucker just you don't understand (laughs) this is an active war zone don't take your camera don't be stupid you could see uh, this
0: this is an active war zone and a tourist attraction at the same time, which
1: is the strangest thing in the world. But no, there's like because there's oh, a it's museum.
0: Basically, Harlem, right?
1: <laughs> no, it's now that it's se- been pushed seen, up into Morningside Heights. Have,
0: have you seen like the Apollo Theater, like yeah. Amateur Night at the Apollo Theater?
1: I've never been to Amateur Night at the Apollo Theater, but I've seen the Apollo, yes.
0: Yeah, it's 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 yeah, it's a war zone. Anyways, continue.
1: That's racist, Michael. No, being I'm not a racist.
0: Like, like my my teacher was saying, like, oh yeah, I've been to like Apollo Night. Or Amateur Night at the Apollo Theater. And, like, they were literally, like, people were being dragged off stage. Like, they were getting shit thrown at them. Really? Yeah.
1: In what context?
0: Um, They were just
1: so bad that people weren't having it?
0: No, because I guess it's one of those things where, you know, like, the hook where they, like, pull people off stage? They still do that. They do do that? that? Yeah, they do that.
1: That's fascinating. Yeah, so... Do you want to go to the Apollo?
0: (laughs) (laughs) So so they were saying, like, it's the most demoralizing thing because even if the people are good, uh-huh people will boo because they want to see him get dragged off stage
1: that's yeah i would totally <laughs> do that if i were yeah let's i want to go there right now
0: aren't you aren't you a student of the performing arts i'm just <laughs> uh
1: well i mean <laughs> <laughs> technically I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say student of the perform i gotta knife us sir <laughs> It's in the most marginal sense of the word. Yeah, you're you're correct. No, but, this podcast
0: uh, is brought to you by New York Film Academy. New no, York's it's not finest in acting performance. Mm-hmm.
1: The film school is good.
0: Uh, <laughs> I want to see like <laughs> taglines for that, like New York <laughs> Film Academy film that's, school is That's my Yelp review.
1: Yeah. Um, the film school was good. Did you go to the film? School? No. Oh. <laughs> I, well, I just I like those guys. <laughs> um, <laughs> No, uh, I'm not gonna get on a knife or rant, but <laughs> the DMZ, uh, you go and there's a museum, and there's like, it's this major, major thing. Um, there's like videos. You know what? Have you ever been to Epcot? Uh uh-uh.
0: uh. What's Epcot?
1: Okay, uh, it's a theme park in Disney World. No. Okay, well, have you ever.
0: Is that like Tomorrowland?
1: No, that would be like in Disneyland.
0: What's Tomorrowland is
1: like a subsection of Disneyland. The, uh, equivalent to that in Disney World is the Magic Kingdom. Disney, Disney World... Disney World? Yeah. Jesus Christ. Well, Disney World is the entire uh, little subsection of Florida that they literally own a city. Um, oh. uh, uh Shit. Forget what it's called right oh, now. Oh, they, right. That's on, where the Harry Potter land is. Isn't nope. It? That's oh, Universal God. Studios. You ignorant twat.
0: Anyways, you were saying...
1: Yeah. They. Okay, so... <laughs>
0: See, I'm imagining this being, like, the beginning of Halo 2 or something, where you're, just, you're in the DMZ, and suddenly there's an attack, and you're like, I need a weapon. And they just have, like, a rack of just M4s on the walls, and you go and fight North Koreans.
1: Well, it's a lot like the thing at Epcot, which you don't know, but people listening to this probably might. Um, there's an attraction at Epcot where Ellen DeGeneres comes out, and she tells you all about the world, and it's, like, done in this circular vision. It's like a movie theater, but it's completely circular. And uh, you can look around, I forget what they actually call it, but they have literally that, where they're talking about the Korean War, and they're talking about the demilitarized zone in particular, which is like the the segment of land between the two Koreas, and it's the most, one of the most untouched natural areas on Earth at the moment. Really? Yeah, because no one's allowed to, like, go there, um, save for, like, one little road but you wouldn't want to go there anyway because it's, like, so filled with fucking landmines and shit that you would just, you know, you would blow up instantly.
0: You know, that reminds me, there was a, uh, there was an ad I saw, not recently, it may have been, like, a month ago or something. Uh, I don't know if you've seen it. It, it seems like one of the things you'd see where it's about, like, these students and they they cut class and they go on this trip to the beach and they're drinking alcohol and they're swimming in the sand and all of a sudden they just start like blowing up and it's it's really gory and it's like landmine commercial and it's like stay in school. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah.
1: That ended up being a parody unfortunately.
0: Really? Yeah I was hoping it was like a real PSA. Yeah it would have been hilarious.
1: (laughs) Yeah. But it's pretty much like that. But anyway the soldier comes on and he tells you not to bring any uh, cameras to the actual uh the observatory portion where you could go and look at North Korea, and it's literally like those little, you pay 25 cents and you could look through the binoculars. Right. And it's like, go look at communism. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you stand there and I'm like... I'm
0: like a 1950s and here on the left, you see communism at its finest.
1: Right. But they say as soon as you get onto that like observatory platform, um, you have snipers on you. So don't make any sudden movements. Uh, Because the North Koreans will be watching you like a fucking hawk because they don't want anybody, I don't know, making fun of them from the other side. I don't know what the fucking reason is, but you can't make any sudden movements. However, there was this person from our fucking group who brings a camera in anyway. I'm like, after all that, when they're like, you could cause an international incident, like literally cause a major crisis. By bringing your stupid fucking Nikon Coolpix bullshit camera, so you could do what? So you could be the one person to take a selfie in front of North Korea? I'm like, God damn it! How 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 are people so stupid, Michael? I'm
0: imagining just like the news on the United States, like, and in other news. The world is now at war, thanks mm. to this man. Yeah, but no,
1: we ended up being like detained for a bit, and they had to like search everybody, and we were there. It like fucking killed an hour of the day because this asshole had to bring a fucking camera into North Korea.
0: And that's when Tyler Pino lost his virginity.
1: <sighs> oh yeah, to a, a North Korean um, soldier. Rubber glove. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, North, North Korea, Korea, man. They suck.
0: Yeah, fuck you, North Korea.
1: Yeah, but I don't feel that they're a major threat
0: i don't Fuck feel em. as if they're a minor threat <laughs> like, are they a threat
1: they are potentially now there was the thing that we were going to talk about in the last one the war game that they did and basically they're only a threat to south korea yeah although that's a major problem because if they were to bomb south korea uh they would be able to bomb seoul and pretty much annihilate the entire city and now that's a city that is significantly larger than new york um, there are something like 15-20 million people living yeah. in the Seoul metropolitan area, and they uh, estimate like the death toll would be in the hundreds of millions all told um, if there was an all-out strike. The other problem with an assault would be that we would have no way... Because we would be able to annihilate North Korea without any problem. Yeah. And it would take about 45 minutes, they said. Like, an all-out assault on Pyongyang would take 45 minutes to collapse the entire infrastructure of the, c- the city and completely oust the, the Kim regime. Um, however, they have all of these pockets of, of weapons... All hidden throughout North Korea that we wouldn't be able to locate completely. Um, and those could just go missing. And usually, when nuclear bombs go missing, that's a problem. Yeah. Um, so, the ultimate threat would be to New York and Washington or anywhere else should those weapons fall into actual, like, legitimate terrorist hands. A lot of people are calling the North Korean thing cyber terrorism, which I would agree that, yeah, it meets the definition of that, but I wouldn't liken um, the, the North Korean regime to. Al Qaeda or someone who would yeah. actively like do something attack.
0: I I don't think or that, do something in any competent measure.
1: Well, as shitty and awful as that whole you know uh, country is, not the people of the country but the government. Um, and Kim Jong Un, I don't think he's stupid enough to actually stage an assault on America. Yeah. Um,
0: because I mean, you gotta imagine like the the number one concern people have is like nuclear weapons. Yeah. Correct. And uh, if you think about it, this is something America had. 70 years ago. Mm-hmm. So if you imagine what's... Like, 15
1: countries in the world still have nuclear bombs.
0: Yeah, but if you imagine, like, how much have we progressed in the past 70 years, like, technology and weaponry-wise, mm-hmm. what can we do to them at this point that would just... They would be gone. Like, they would be totally annihilated. And be we wouldn't
1: anymore. even have to use nuclear arms. No, we could... We, have, we, um... can send,
0: we could we can fucking send in Jean-Claude Van Damme and Chuck Norris <laughs> and they'd take care of the situation.
1: Well, we have missiles that could touch down any point in the world within 30 minutes and it's within like a 90 foot accuracy margin of error um, we could completely obliterate Pyongyang without fucking lifting a finger we wouldn't have to have any boots on the ground We well, I mean didn't? you'd, already you'd had, technically have to lift the finger I mean one you'd have yeah you'd have, you'd have to move it I'm slightly. sure you'd have to
0: push mul- multiple buttons mm-hmm. if it was just one button that would be prone to accidents
1: yeah they probably have like a multi button system so yeah so like Obama actually brush the clear Can
0: You imagine me like, yeah. like the new guy in the job I'm like I'm just going to set my coffee down. Oh shit. I don't mean, know, you ever read
1: that story about like there was some sort of in the in during the Cold War when there were people actively just like sitting there uh at the ready to give the go ahead to launch, you know, all out fucking apocalypse on the world. Uh there was an anomaly on the system in in the Soviet Union where they thought that there was an American missile launch. Um, And it turns out to be like, I don't know, like a fucking flock of seagulls or something. But the guy that was at the computer was literally like, okay, this is it. I now need to fire the fucking Soviet launch codes. Um, But for some reason, he didn't. Just out of some fucking God knows what reason, divine inspiration, he just decided like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna wait for a second. But if that guy had done his job correctly and done what he had supposed to do and that and followed the protocol, we would be dead right now. There we would have never been born. Uh, particularly you. Oh, well, you
0: would have been born because well, you were born. Yeah.
1: You still haven't been born yet. So, <laughs> I uh, even know biologically how that works, but no, we would be gone. But yeah, this one guy was just like, um, no, I'm not going to <laughs> and,
0: and the moral of the story here, folks. Don't, you don't, do, don't your do your job. job.
1: Don't you be competent. S-
0: you can save the world yeah. by just not doing your job. Right. Yep, and this is Life Lessons brought to you brought by... Brought to you by New
1: York Film Academy. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Is that enough about North Korea? Have I do uh, think, think, we... think that's
0: too much about North Korea. We gave them too much attention. Yeah, anyway.
1: fuck them. They're not a problem.
0: They're not, yeah, they're legitimately not a problem. Um,
1: and from what I've heard, the interview's not all that great anyway. Yeah. It's got like a 50% of the people that have seen it. And the ones that are good, they're just like, people need to see this movie because it's a public issue now.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's worth seeing just as oh, a I'll personal totally watch it when fuck it goes you out. to North Korea.
1: Yeah, and I, I, I really do legitimately want the movie to be released because I'm just like, I, why? Why does Kim Jong-un, fucking of all fucking people, get to be the guy that says, no, you can't watch this movie?
0: Why can't he just do something like... When there's a shitty movie. Why can't he just out? not
1: be a fuck? Why can't he just like <laughs> shut down those fucking labor camps? Why can't he just not be a stupid fucking tyrannical twat, Michael? Why don't you ask him that? I can't. Apparently he likes to listen to things in the American uh, fucking media, so maybe he's listening right now. Um, Kim, just don't be a dick. <laughs> Please, just stop. Just stop it. For stop the sake being of the world. A dick. Just be a good guy, Kim. Don't
0: don't be a dick. If you, if you if you want to take away anything from this podcast, listen to what Tyler Pino says and how he acts. Just do the opposite. Uh-huh. And everyone will be happy.
1: Right. Do the opposite of what I do. Or yeah. whatever you meant by that. I don't even know. Michael, let's talk about Constantine.
0: Let us talk about Constantine. Something, well, I wouldn't say less dark, but more fun. Mm-hmm. Is it more fun or funner?
1: It's more funner.
0: Alright, anyways, Constantine, we sat down last night, I'd, I'd actually already seen the entire season, but Pino had not so we sat him down, we uh, we duct taped him to a chair, we used toothpicks and kept his eyelids open, and we made him watch the last four episodes of Constantine. It was painful. Yeah, well, that was because of the toothpicks yeah, in your eyes.
1: Yeah, I was bleeding, I couldn't even see.
0: Yeah, well, you know, it enhanced the experience, really. Yeah. You ain't got a little blood in your dick, and you're not doing it right.
1: no. <laughs> that's that's actually your problem. Your biggest problem in life is that's how you see things. Yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't have had this whole fiasco had you not tried to twist your balls around three hundred <laughs> sixty degrees and strangle them because well, Oliver don't have all of blood in your deck.
0: See how far
1: these babies can go.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but life would just be so less interesting if that didn't happen. Mm.
1: Anyways, Constantine. Constantine. You, okay. Well. Let's start off by saying this. You're a much bigger fan of not only sh- the show, but of the character in general. Yep. So start us off. What do you think of this television show just overall? We talked about it a little bit on the podcast before, but we've never dedicated like a huge amount of time to it.
0: Yeah, right. We have. I am a, f- I, I am a fan of the show. Yeah. Well said. It started off a little rocky. Um, I was excited when it first came out. Uh, I was excited when I saw the pilot. It wasn't the Best pilot, again, I'm just going to attribute that to pilotitis. Um, I actually I saw two different cuts of the pilot. I don't know if I mentioned this before, but uh, they, were, they were completely different from each other because the last 5-10 minutes was shot entirely different because they had to write a bunch of different things out, which I'm, we'll get to later about that character. But um, no, I think they do a remarkable job at updating the show to a now-time while still keeping the very Hellblazer feel, and I think it's the only show that when I watch, you know, like, I mean, there are shows like Arrow or The Flash or uh, God forbid Gotham or Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., things like that, where when I watch it, it does feel like I'm watching a TV program, you know, adapted, especially for, like, Arrow and Flash, where it's on the CW, and it's very much a CW show Yeah. with these iconic characters. When I watch Constantine, it does feel that I'm straight watching a story arc from Hellblazer put onto the screen. And that's... It, it's an incredible feeling to have read these comics growing up and then seeing these stories play out in front of me in a way that I never thought would be possible. Um, point in case, like, my favorite episode of the season was the, uh, the fourth episode of Feast of Friends, uh, which features a very prominent British stage actor, if I mm-hmm. understand correctly. John
1: Joe O'Neill of the Royal Shakespeare Company is his name, and he's phenomenal. Um, he's a very good Shakespearean actor. Has statues fucking dedicated to him.
0: Right, and he was fantastic in the show as well. But, um, the story arc that they took from that series was the very first issue of Hellblazer, which is what I read first, and it's a story that I always really enjoyed. So seeing that on screen, and seeing it done, not perfectly, but enough to retain the emotional drive behind it, and the sense of character that you have with John Constantine, it was something beautiful, and it's something that it's not only the best adaptation of a comic book thing I've seen put on television, but I think it's one of the best adaptations of a comic book story put onto any form of medium. Like it was.
1: Those are tall words.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, it was. It had the essence of what made Constantine Constantine. In the And same- that
1: essence, Shia LaBeouf. <laughs>
0: Actual cannibal, Shia LaBeouf. Um No, but it's it's that same kind of essence where when I was watching something like Sin City or 300 or Watchmen, where when you look at it, yes, it looks exactly like how you would envision it looking should the comic book be been have adapted to the screen. And that's really what I felt with the, that uh, that particular episode of Constantine. The other episodes are not as strong, but they are still really good. I definitely say it's worth a watch. Um, but th- my biggest my biggest hope for the show is where it is now. I feel like there are so many places that it can and will go that it has the most potential of any of the DC DC shows out there, at least currently. Um, Like Supernatural is something we can compare it to. I mean, Mainly because Supernatural pretty much stole every story arc they've ever had off of Hellblazer.
1: We make that joke at the beginning of the show.
0: Yeah, yeah. Every, Every time we watch it, it's like, oh, this is that plot from... Supernatural, which was stolen from that plot from Constantine. Yeah, uh, but
1: it's a very similar.
0: Uh, it's it's a full circle at this point.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, I, w- I would say that it definitely did take a lot of notes from it. It also took notes from things like X Files and yeah. Uh, but um, uh, the thing that I feel about Constantine, and what I would like to see, you know, from the show. I think that there's a lot of. I, I think it's fantastic too. I like it a lot. Um, I, I would which say that when, it is one of the better things on television right now.
0: Which when Pino says he likes something, I
1: don't like, like anything. He, yeah, he doesn't like anything. I literally, don't like anything. Um,
0: he doesn't even like me, and we do a podcast together.
1: I can't stand you. I fucking hate you so much in your smile, in your dreamboat eyes, and your luscious, delicious skin. Tyler, stop. Oh, watching. I'm sorry. No, no, get your hand. Um, what I would like to say about Constantine is I think that there's some room to grow. I think that there is a little bit of room to grow, and I think that narratively there is something missing. I f- And it's not missing from every episode, but I think that there could be a little bit more consistency in terms of... when We were talking about this when we were watching it last night. Right there, I feel like there's something that Supernatural has that Constantine lacks, and I can't quite figure out what. And we were saying maybe it's the heart...
0: Yeah, I, I definitely feel like when you have Sam and Dean in Supernatural, you have that kind of camaraderie, like that brotherhood. Yeah. Granting the writing is pretty dog shit, like...
1: Oftentimes, 90 yes. 90% of the time. It could get... It, it's just got, you know, CW-itis. It's I was. I was actually. so cheesy sometimes.
0: Yeah, because what happened was uh, my first introduction to the show is I was actually on a trip, of all things. I was on a mock trial.
1: <laughs> really? A it, mock? What do you mean?
0: Um, well, I was the captain of one of the mock trial teams at our school in high school. Uh, yeah, anyways, we had gone to the national competitions down in Indianapolis, and while I was uh, in the hotel room with a couple of my friends, uh, Supernatural was on, so they started watching it, and it, they, they'd started in the middle of an episode. And I remember, now that I've gone back and actually watched all of the show, like, you know, it's, it's a good point in the show, I mean, it's interesting, it's good, but when I first saw it, my first introduction to it, I shit you not My first thought was This writing makes me Want to kill myself (laughs) Like Like Seriously Like the performances And the writing Made me want to kill myself At the time Because I don't know what Dean was saying He's like Yeah that's some like Boogeyman stuff Man Or like It's something that was like It was so horribly written That I needed to shut off The television In order to Feel like my IQ Wasn't dropping Uh I mean going back And watching the show The show's perfectly fine It's a good show but I don't it's know. Maybe better. just maybe just starting at that one point was really weird. But um, but no, Constantine definitely it, ha, it already it already has so much of a higher leg up on uh, Supernatural with the uh, the writing the and dialogue and the is better yeah, the dialogue so better the acting better. is better.
1: You know what it is. Um, Constantine just needs a sidekick. Um, I feel like part of the problem is we don't have you know an avatar as regular people in the show. To teach us what the hell's going on.
0: Well, I think the problem is they tried giving us an avatar to the show with Liv in that pilot episode, and mm-hmm. she, she was just a terrible Well, character. she sucked,
1: but, like, don't take that out on the entire concept of, you know, a, a, a straight man.
0: Right, right. And uh, what they're doing with Zed and uh, Kaz in the show is I believe they're trying to give, like, that sidekick-esque character... Mm-hmm. But you're always, it's always, like, one or the other. It's one or the other.
1: It needs to be more consistent.
0: Yeah, and I And both... you could
1: have a three-hander. I mean, yeah. they did that with Supernatural in the later yeah. uh, episodes. And
0: I, and while I both like the characters of Cass and Zed, mm-hmm. I never feel like they focus on any one of them to the point where you feel like, yes, they're the secondary character.
1: Yeah, I don't... I, I just, I guess I don't feel like there's any sense of overarching story I, I'm sure that there is and I don't watch it nearly as consistently as you yeah. so I, I can't really see where it's going
0: yeah the uh, the whole over because I mean again with Supernatural the first season even had that driving force of like where is their father what happened to their dad and the whole thing was you know uh, Sam got back into the business because they needed to find their dad because he was missing uh, in Constantine they establish it in the mid-season finale and they establish it in the pilot episode that something's on its way and you don't know what it is. And they explain what it is kind of in the last episode that was aired. And it's, it's really interesting. It really is. I just wish they had built that up a little more than they did. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's that reason why it doesn't feel like it has an overarching story because an overarching story wasn't really established Consistently throughout every episode, mm-hmm. it was just kind of hinted at.
1: And then you also have to stop and consider: this is not the even the end of the season. What we saw was yeah, the mid-series correct. finale. Well, it was just really of like the three-quarter
0: series finale because mm-hmm. I mean it was episode eight of a thirteen-episode season.
1: Sure. I don't know. For me, when you look at like the structure of a supernatural episode, they're all very formulaic, and I don't even necessarily mean that in a bad way. Um, it's
0: a formula that works.
1: Yeah, they have. You know, you have the. The beginning is them finding out about this monster. Then they have to research it, and then fighting it. It's a very um, well, it's it's clear cut formula. Yeah, but I feel that Constantine doesn't quite do that.
0: Yeah, I think the whole thing with Constantine is it doesn't have a formula yet.
1: Yeah, he's a, well, he as a character, he's already a master of what he does.
0: Yeah,
1: um, and he. It, it doesn't give us a chance as an audience to learn with him, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, it's it's kind of like the Guy Ritchie Sherlock Holmes films, yeah. where at the end of the film, uh, Robert Downey Jr. is like, Oh, well, you know what? You fucked up because this, 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 and this. And you're just kind of expected to go with it, even though him just telling you at the end doesn't bring any validity to it. So it doesn't feel like you're taking that journey with him. It just kind of feels like he, he takes pity on you and tells you at the end. Yeah, uh, I don't necessarily get that feeling with Constantine, but I do feel like at points it is too easy for him. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, he's fucking John Constantine. Like, it things he he's a badass, yes, but he's supposed to have these challenges. Like, even in a couple stories, like he will get, like he'll get scared and have to run away, or I'll just get the piss beat out of him. And what they've done in the show is, in order to present him with challenges, the challenges that he sees are the challenges that he has interacting with people that he's known before. And that's only happened a couple times, like the whole Gary Lester episode, like A Feast of Friends. Um, his whole struggle in that and the reason that he had to do it was because he had to come to this moral dilemma of sacrificing one of his friends in order to contain this demon. And he did, and it was really well shot, really well written, really well acted. Like, it was, it was fantastic, and I was really surprised at how well it turned out. Um, because I actually, I actually didn't think that they'd have the balls to go through with what the actual comic book story was, and they, they didn't necessarily, but they did it in a way that still fit the story, and I applaud them for that. It was, it was brilliant. Um, but they, they had that emotional turmoil, which is what Constantine, at its core, should be about, and that's what I really love about the show. Is that the show is that it really nails all the notes that it needs to for each character, and you know Matt Ryan as Constantine is he's perfect he's he really is i couldn't imagine anyone doing a better job than he is yeah and if if he somehow gets fucked out of playing john constantine in the uh, the justice league dark film i will be extremely pissed off i
1: know and that's like my biggest concern with all of this is dc doesn't seem to Care. want well and it's not even just care they don't seem to want to cross over the two universes and i don't see why they couldn't i could obviously i could kind of see why they couldn't do that with the flash and green arrow because they already have their things going on but this is like a i don't know he's just so good for the fucking role yeah he's perfect and i we were talking about this last night too it's like can you imagine like going back to the fucking keanu reeves movie and um inserting him into that film, having an actual Constantine in the Constantine <laughs> movie because that's it wasn't a bad movie at no, all. It
0: was, it was overconvoluted, definitely. Uh, yeah,
1: I mean, there were some writing issues because it was a kind of a Franken written by script eight different people yeah, a script by committee. Um, but it was a beautiful looking film and it was a film that had heart. You could tell that the director of the film respected the source material and the eight people that wrote it had, you know, some respect for the source material. Except they just for
0: character names.
1: Yeah. They well, fucked
0: up some characters that Well, yeah, Shia know, LaBeouf really, being. Well, well, not even like the whole Shia LaBeouf thing, but, Well, just uh,
1: that character in general. They he's not the same person at all, but it oh, wasn't no, even technically the same name
0: either. But the, the one that really stands out to me is uh in that film, I don't know if you remember, you know the person that supplies him with all his uh, James Bond gadgets? Uh-huh. Right? Yeah, the person's name was Nemeth. Nemeth is the name of the hunger demon that we encountered in this past season. I don't really. Yeah, I don't. I don't.
1: That's fucking weird.
0: It really is. Like, I don't even understand what the point of it was. Like, you can you can have like, oh, he could have been Richie. Why? Because he literally does everything Richie does. Like, he goes on the computer, he finds out this things, so gives him the information. That's what Richie does. That's Richie's character.
1: That hunger demon was supposed to be in the movie. Um, yeah. that scene where but, well, the guy well, that the 100... he tries to drink himself to death, Yeah, that was supposed to be them eating themselves to death, but they, for some reason, didn't feel they had the budget to do that, um, which is strange, because it seemed to have a really, really high budget, that movie.
0: Yeah. Or, I mean, maybe, the I mean, because the director did music videos before that, correct? So, he probably just made it seem really high budget, which he did a really, really good job I, it was at. a beautiful looking, it's it, like it really the best was. thing
1: that I have to say about the film is it's gorgeous looking.
0: Yeah. And, um... But yeah, I mean, which they did the Hunger Demon episode in Constantine again, the TV show, mm-hmm. and it was it was fantastic. Yeah, it really was.
1: Uh, it just makes me think. It makes me ache because it's like it it looked really good on television, but it could have looked so much better.
0: Yeah, if they had this thing called a budget. Yeah, yeah. If
1: they had the you know stuff to do it. Um, but yeah, I just I think that he Matt Ryan is brilliant as Constantine. I think he's the perfect choice for that role.
0: Yeah, he has that perfect amount of just charisma and you know just douchebaggery he
1: has the right balance of 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 charisma and bite
0: yeah which is which is really what that character needed that's (laughs) that's what keanu reeves exactly didn't have keanu reeves was basically keanu reeves getting a paycheck in that movie
1: yeah it was it was literally keanu doing what (laughs) it was
0: it was neo fighting demons instead of robots Uh uh but, but, no, I mean, even even Matt Ryan, when I saw him at Comic Con, he was saying, like, "I don't know necessarily if he was a fan of the source material to begin with. I mean, I imagine he'd have to be in order to have gone through all that effort to send in an audition tape and like try to get the part so vehemently,
1: uh-huh,
0: when he was completely out of state and doing another show at the time, but uh, he did mention that, like, oh, yes, in the time that he's been John Constantine, he's gone, and he's read so much of the material, and he absolutely loves the character, and it really, really shows, because every time, like, even some of the, like, the minute little things that he does on screen, like, some of the lines that he delivers, or the way that he even moves, like, you can just see John Constantine in it, and it's really a phenomenal thing to see that.
1: Absolutely. Um, I think it's a very great show. I think it needs a little bit more time to, you know... Find its footing. Find its footing. Um and i hope that nbc gives it that chance it really deserves it so much more than other shows that have been getting so much love and i just don't get it Um, (laughs) so much viewing figures so much
0: love on fox
1: i don't fucking get it
0: but um that's another
1: thing that i think that okay but we just it brings it up in my mind um the sense of location in Constantine seems off. Yeah, rough.
0: it's it's a little skewed. Um, they they shoot the film in like what Midwest America?
1: Yeah, where well, like Southeast to Midwest. Yeah, it all seems to be in like the really indescript looking locations. Yeah, you know which I mean?
0: is which is really kind of sad because every episode, I mean, there are episodes where they go to Kentucky and Alabama, and they all kind of stay within that area. Uh-huh. and everything looks flat. Like yeah. I don't want to say it looks flat. Like I mean, the show is shot beautifully well. Like sure. the, the the director of photography, I have to applaud because there are a lot of things. Like when I watch a show, there are specific camera movements and camera angles, and that they do that make it feel not like something that you would normally see put on TV, but necessarily something you'd see in a legitimate horror film or things right. of the sort. Mm-hmm. And it's it's really quite impressive, but um, especially in comparison to things like other. DC comic T V shows where it's That just, shall not be named. That shall not be named. Where it's just shot in the most lazy format. Where it's it in certain shows where it's shot, we're like, Okay, we have twenty minutes to film this scene. Mm-hmm. Let's just put the camera here and just start talking. Yeah. Um no, there's there's so much care But
1: that certain yeah. nameless show happens to be shot in New York City. Which is a very interesting-looking place. Right. It's I think Constantine, place. yeah, should be shot somewhere like New York. It doesn't have to be New York. Just put him downtown somewhere. Put him somewhere different. He just different. looks more at home in uh, an urban setting.
0: Right. Because, I mean, even in the Hellblazer comics, like, he wouldn't necessarily stay in one place all the time. Like, he'd be in London a lot. But, I mean, he'd travel to, like, New York, South America, you know. Sure. Different places. And it's, it's really – I'm missing that iconic visual sense of John Constantine being in somewhere dark and gritty like London or the streets of New York or something like that. Something. Let him use his raincoat for fuck's sake. Like, in every episode we've seen him, he's worn that raincoat, which it's a great and raincoat. It's never raining. It's, yeah, it's, it's never it's, even it's a great cloudy. Look, but it's never once fucking rained in the show. <laughs> so it just makes him look really out of place.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: So put him in fucking London where it's raining all the damn time. Right. And that would be such that'd be such iconic cinematography to have him in that street sh- in the streets of london in that nitty-gritty that pouring rain smoking that cigarette which i think they just said "fuck it" at this point and make him yeah smoke he, he is smoking he's... every episode. almost regularly yeah
1: yeah it's not in every scene like it would be in the comics but yeah. uh, because that is such a heavy part of it. it's not even that he's a smoker it's that he's a heavy 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 smoker yeah um in the comics I don't think that's necessary for the TV show. It's almost like a nice nod to the fans just to see him smoking on a car at the end of an episode every now and again. Yeah, um, it's,
0: a, it's a nice nod. And it's, visually, it's a nice way to end the episode.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, no, just the, sen- the the sense of location. I don't feel like we even know where we are most of the time. Yeah, I mean, they'll um, say With it, the exception of the last episode, it felt Mexico because it's Mexico, um, and everything looked Mexican. <laughs> But, like, when he's in Alabama... This is another thing that Supernatural does pretty well. um Is even when they... Because they don't go to major cities very often. But when they are in their smaller environments... Allegedly. Yeah, you do you get a sense of where you are and it yeah. m- might be completely manufactured but it always seems to factor into the story somehow yeah it's, it's um it feels like they're someplace different every week yeah you know what i mean it's
0: tied into it i mean again you're saying it's weaved into the story and that's because like normally when they go to a location they'll find out what's wrong they're looking for the issues it'll tie into like local history local mythology folklore, like folk things, folklore like things like, like that, that. Things and that's that are interesting in the area and that's yeah. what makes it interesting In Constantine, it's usually, okay, here's a dilemma, here's a thing, it just happens to be here, you know?
1: Right. And I, you know, honestly, I guess, yeah, it does move around, but I feel like it It may as well not have. Yeah. I've been feeling like he's been in the same, like, weird little neighborhood investigating all of these hauntings (laughs) for months now.
0: Yeah. Which... Yeah, I mean, if the the show had a bigger budget, I'm sure they'd move it different places. Because Mm -hmm. that's what the show needs. I mean... Well, I don't think that
1: Supernatural shoots in different places. Most of that's in California. No, No, it's not. It's
0: actually most in Canada. Oh, really? They shoot all in Canada.
1: Well, whatever. Um, Call it a different place. That's movie magic, Michael.
0: Yeah. Green screen it, Michael Bay it. Um, Yeah, but no, I mean, there are even certain things like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, Mm -hmm. On ABC. It's it's a really good show now. Uh... (laughs) But
1: Well no, and that's the thing is like I would have to go back and watch the first season of Supernatural to see where it found its footing. Yeah. But I know that it wasn't in the first Half of the first season. I know that for a fact. Oh, no. If you were to watch the first two, three episodes, like, I almost couldn't get through it. I was just like, oh, this is garbage. But, um, Constantine already is a very good show. It just has, you know, room to improve. And I think that they could easily improve it given the chance.
0: Yeah. And, like, like we were saying last night, like, our gripes with the show are so few and far between. Uh huh.
1: They're minute. They're.
0: It's not like. And
1: I critique out of love in this instance where I'm just like, it could be. It's really, really good. It could be great.
0: Yeah, and it's it's not like things were just so like utterly pissed off about something's existence that yeah. we have to say everything that's wrong with it. Um, no, it's it's not like certain other shows where we hate the writing and the acting and the story and the characters and the plot and the.
1: It's just the worst of every world.
0: Yeah, it's the worst of everything. Um, no, but Constantine, it's it's such a it's such a good show, and I feel like it has the potential to be so much more. And I just really hope that it gets that chance. You know, sadly, statistics aren't for it because if it does get a green light for a second season, I believe it will have been the first new fall TV show ever to have ever gotten a second season after having the additional 10 episodes canceled by the studio.
1: Now, what do you what do you mean by that? What do you mean canceled? Were they just
0: Were they stopped production on them? Did they well, we talked about this a while ago, like because it was originally supposed to be like twenty-three episodes, uh-huh. because they had the option of, um, you know, buying more episodes. I guess essentially. Okay, but it, they, well,
1: that's where I'm confused, just because it, it, if there's the option, it doesn't sound like it's canceled. It just means they didn't.
0: Right. Well, they didn't order. They, they didn't order more episodes for the first season. Is what I'm saying. Okay. So if they had. If they do renew it for a second season, it will be the first time ever that a show How many
1: episodes in are we? What is the count?
0: This is that we just saw the eighth episode.
1: Eighth episode, and there are 13 total?
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, But if, if it does get renewed for a second season, it will have been the first show ever to have ever gotten... A, for a first fall premiering show to have ever gotten a second season after the additional episodes of the first season were not ordered.
1: That's very interesting. Um... They do seem to be helping a little bit. They they bounced it to eight o'clock on Friday. Yeah. I don't, actually. I I don't know anything about that time slot. That could be worse. I don't. I have no idea what the numbers are on that. But it does sound like they're at least trying to help.
0: Yeah. It it does sound like it's getting a better shot. Again, it's on a Friday night. So I don't well, know what it
1: what what is God? What is the name of its lead in? Grim. Grim. Is that that comes on at nine? Yeah, and it's—is it still going to come on at nine? I don't fucking have a clue. They're not going to put it on at seven. That wouldn't be prime time. So it has to still come on at nine.
0: Well, I think the whole issue was Constantine was a fill-in spot while Hannibal was on a hiatus. Oh. So now that Hannibal's back,
1: how is Hannibal doing?
0: I hear good things. Granted, all the. Good oh, I, don't,
1: I don't mean like in terms of quality, just in terms of. Oh, I have viewership. no
0: idea. Um, I I always hear I, I always hear shit about Hannibal, so it's got to have good numbers, but um. But no, I. the The weird thing is, I, I always hear good things from people who have no idea what Silence of the Lambs is. Uh-huh. So they'll always be like, "Oh yeah, Hannibal's such a great show." I'm like, "Really? How does it lead into like you know like the portrayal of Hannibal Lecter and Silence of the Lambs?" And they're like, what's Silence of the Lambs?"
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean it. Like I, I literally completely forgot about the existence of that show until you just brought it up yeah, just now yeah. i knew two three years ago that it was a thing
0: yeah and um, i mean lachifre from uh casino royale plays hannibal Lecter, which does is he? yeah which is well, good very good yeah he's very very good i just um, don't
1: like the entire concept of i would never want to meet silence of the lambs prequel i mean well they also have that?
0: psycho prequel
1: i mean they already did a silence of the lambs prequel i just mean like on television um, They did have the Psycho prequel, which isn't a prequel because it's, like, set in modern day and they have cell phones and stuff, apparently.
0: Yeah, I don't... I don't know what again, the hell that I hear show good, is. Again, I, get, I hear good things about that show from the same people who haven't fucking seen Psycho. Yeah, well, Psycho...
1: <laughs> Psycho, at least, that's, like, a super fucking old movie where it's, like, even if they did see it, it wouldn't necessarily be accessible. Like, yeah. if you were to show that to somebody in their 20s that had no appreciation for, like, old film, they would be like, this is boring. This is fucking. What is this? Even if you showed them like the Gus Van Sant one with Vince Vaughn. Oh
0: God! Well, I think anyone (laughs) in their right mind would watch that and go, "What the fuck is this? What
1: is this? I don't understand. Why are you showing me this? (laughs) this I thought we were friends." (laughs) (laughs) No, but that's one of those things. Like, I don't think that they would get behind that movie either way. Silence of the Lambs. You could show it to somebody in their twenties, or you could show it to somebody even in their teens, probably, (laughs) and they'd be like, "Yeah, cool movie, bro." Yeah, brah. I'm gonna go watch Pooty Pine. Yeah, good movie. Yeah. Please do me a favor. Don't ever make
0: that. Don't ever do this again. Don't ever do this to me. Don't do this to me. Tyler, don't do this to me. I'm gonna stab you with something.
1: (laughs) And that's my impression of teens. That's how I view youth. That's actually how I view your generation.
0: Is that how you view me personally?
1: Yeah, more or less.
0: <laughs> oh, Wonderful. But Con- yeah, Constantine. Um, what do you think of it? I like it. What do you think? What did you think of the mid-season finale?
1: Mm, it was okay. It wasn't my favorite of the episodes of this season.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. What would you say would be your favorite episode of the season, and why?
1: Um, I like the John Joe episode, just cause he was in it <laughs> Um, I liked I liked the episode with the demon kids Um, that was fun The episode that we watched before that Yeah, the Rage Black-Eyed Children yeah. yeah Um, I was hoping that it was going to actually have something to do with the Black-Eyed Children But it didn't, they just happened to have black eyes It wasn't that urban legend Yeah Have you ever heard of that?
0: Mm. I've seen Supernatural, though all Did the they do that on Supernatural? No, all the demons have black okay, eyes. Okay, well at
1: that's just another kind of casual reference to it. But it's this phenomenon where, um, an allegedly real phenomenon where uh, people will be approached, and it's usually at night, uh, by these children, um, who will be asking to like use their phone or come into their car, or get into their house for some innocuous reason. But anytime that they, you encounter them, you get this like overwhelming sense of discomfort. Um, and, That's pretty much
0: what happens when I meet small children anyways.
1: Yeah, well, no, that's not discomfort, that's called an erection, Michael, and that's <laughs> why you're not allowed to be near small children.
0: Hey, you're the one with the restraining orders, Pino.
1: Eh, well, you know. Um, but w- <laughs> the idea is that you, like, you're, you feel so frightened by these children for no reason, and then you realize that they have all black eyes, um, the irises and the eye white, the white part, is that the iris? What is... What, it's a sclea. What's the anatomy of the eye, Michael?
0: It goes, the white part's like the sclea or something, and the iris is the colored part, and the black part's the pupil.
1: Fascinating. Well, all of it's black, and the black-eyed kids, and you're not supposed to let them into your house. Nobody ever does because they're too scared. And I guess the ones that have are probably dead. <laughs> but, uh, they're demons or ghosts or some kind of boogan
0: Yeah. No, but that, that particular episode that, uh... Pino was mentioning as I believe the sixth episode called "The Rage of Caliban," where uh, there are these series of grisly murders in which the parents of children are killed and the children are left unscathed. Um, yeah, it was it was a good Constantine story.
1: Yeah, yeah. Was it really that was.
0: from the comics? Yeah, I can't remember that one particularly. I mean, there are a couple ones with small children that I do remember, Being that's evil. not one of them.
1: Hmm. Well, and I just I liked how I, I I liked that it was a little bit of an exploration of him as a character. Yeah. Um, going into his backstory a little bit. Yeah. Where he's afraid uh, of supernatural dealings with kids. Um. Then there was the one with the angel, who turned out to be a fallen angel. Spoilers.
0: Yeah. That was that was a nice that was a nice surprise for me. I enjoyed <laughs> that
1: one was funny because that that story is directly a fucking episode of supernatural
0: twice. Yeah, twice. At two different <laughs> points in two different seasons that have nothing to do with each other.
1: They stole that story
0: twice. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was originally a Hellblazer story which supernatural used. Fine, whatever. It and got to the point where I think supernatural uh, Well, was- I'm
1: sure that it goes further than that. I'm sure that there's some folkloric kind of um, yeah, story. Yeah. Basis. I'm
0: sure. I'm sure. But it's 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 that thing where like, wow, this is a great issue of Hellblazer that I read that's now put on TV on the CW. Um, but no, it got to the point where they they had that episode and it was a fine episode and you know it was a supernatural episode so it was good. Um, and then like four or five seasons later, they come back to that same premise in a different place with different characters. So it's like you literally ran out of stories and are now rehashing ones you've already told. It it's uh, it's just funny to me, but um, but no, it had a nice twist on it with the whole fallen angel thing. I appreciated that. Yeah. Uh, we got to see more of Manny's character, who's Angel, who I'm not really. We did.
1: I wasn't completely sold on him. I like the actor. Um, yeah. I wasn't necessarily sold on the character. Yeah, I, um, I'm still
0: not necessarily sold on the character, but I can see where they're going with him. Uh huh. Yeah.
1: There's this weird thing that happens when you tackle things like God and angels in fiction. Um, And it's just like, I don't know why it doesn't apply to other sorts of, you know, deities or omnipotent figures. But for some reason, whenever there's angels, there's always these huge rules about what they're allowed to do and what they're not. Allowed to do because it would get in the way of the story if you just had this fucking character that had like a get out of story free card that could be like, oh, I could eliminate all the contact conflict like that. Um, But it always bugs me when you have angels in shows um, because it's like, oh, I'm this character and I could do all of these things, but I can't really do it because there's, you know, rules rules um, that dictate that I that I can't. And they're poorly defined rules all the time <laughs> that are often able to be broken.
0: Like the Ten Commandments, kinda? Yeah. They're like guidelines, suggestions. Well really. at least
1: the Ten Commandments you could they're there and you can explain them. I mean in real life you don't have to abide by them, obviously, but if they if you were writing angelic fiction and you were like, Okay, they have to abide by the Ten Commandments for some reason or something But whenever it's in these shows they don't have they're just like well there's a rule against that yeah. but they never actually come out and say what the rules are
0: yeah well in, in constantine like he makes a point of saying like i can't directly infu- influence the turn of events yeah so he's he's kind of there just to see what happens to john
1: which is like why what is the point of him
0: yeah um which, it's, it's actually pretty funny, because John Constantine makes a lot of references to that, like, where he'll be, he'll be talking, he's saying, like, he does it just to piss me off, I swear. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's, it's good, it's, it's, <laughs> it's really like fun. they
1: handle it well, but yeah, it's just it, a problem character, you yeah, know what I mean?
0: Yeah, like, there are certain instances where you could remove him from the story entirely, and it really wouldn't make a difference. Uh-huh. I mean, you take out a couple one-liners, like, one of my favorites being where uh, he just pops out of nowhere, and Constantine says, like, I've never hit an angel before, but you're really pushing it um and it's it's funny it really is uh again i think it just goes back to matt ryan being extremely good at being john constantine but yeah as, as much as i love the actor who plays manny i I don't necessarily feel like there's a justification to have him in every episode
1: yeah just because he's so vague yeah like not the actor but the character
0: yeah I mean, even Kaz at points... Like, I like Kaz. I like the character. I wish I knew more about him, but mm-hmm. there's certain points where I feel like... It's another like-
1: problem. That's like the point that I checked out on Supernatural is when the angels came into play. And like I said, I, I can't quite articulate why that doesn't apply to other, you know, powerful spiritual beings, but it just always seems to be when they introduce angels, like the, the Judeo-Christian concept of angels, the story just gets taught and the story just gets so boring. To me. Well, I mean,
0: there was that point in Supernatural too cuz they brought in the angels and the story got really awesome and big. Uh-huh. And then it fucking collapsed in on itself and then Yeah, but it, we it had 5 seasons. It got too of complicated, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's a show that's overly complicated with absolute dog shit dialogue. Yeah. So, it's <laughs> <laughs> God, if, if but it's had... like, it
1: would piss me off so much in Supernatural when, like, they would bring the angels in and they're like, oh, we're going to destroy this city because it's God's will. And they're like, no! Um, and then they find a way to, they find a loophole somehow. They'll, like, I remember the first episode where they brought in Uriel. And he was, like, a big black guy. Uh, they were going to destroy a city. Do you remember that episode? I think so. Because I don't remember the full plot of it, but they were going it was like I they were gonna Sodom and Gomorrah it because it was just they were like this town is fucked. It's filled with demons and oh, yeah, 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 or something.
0: Yeah, yeah. no, there were like eight different episodes like that. So yeah. you're gonna have to be a little more specific. But
1: it's like I just I can't stand when I, I just don't like angels as characters, I guess, where they're just like they're serving this god and yeah. You know, there, there I just there's something about the characters that bother
0: me. I really liked it in supernatural though. And it's totally not sarcastic. When the angels would show up and they'd say, like, this really badass line where, like, we lay in siege for hell for 300 days in order to pull this person. So I was like, wow, that's awesome. Can we see that shit? No yeah or they do something like we just i mean that
1: there's budgetary constraints but but
0: but they do things like we just annihilated 80 demons in this one town and it was really badass and awesome while you and sam were sitting in here at this coffee table talking about a fucking wigabee or some shit yeah
1: i (laughs) 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 About a wiggabee or some shit
0: yeah oh god yeah, I but don't know. know what I, it think is, I think there know. are elements of Constantine which I really, really like more than Supernatural, but there are elements in Supernatural that they just do it better. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping that they'll be able to flesh that out in Constantine a little more and get it. I just feel like balance. these
1: kinds of stories lend themselves better to be a double hander story where you have two different protagonists, you know, and they serve different, uh, different points in the uh, different agendas in the story
0: right which is ironic because every time i see constantine on his own in the show i'm always thinking like wow this is great but i really wish there was like a double side to this you know um right but then again when he's with like a side character i'm over, like always thinking wow this is great but i'd rather see john constantine like handle this on his own like in his own way uh-huh. so <laughs> it's 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 just a fucking catch-22 like i don't i can't yeah
1: be- i don't know it works in the comics and i don't know why
0: yeah, I don't know. It's a different medium. Maybe it's just the medium it doesn't translate well. But And it's
1: not that the show can't succeed, because I do believe that it can. There's oh, just yeah. minor adjustments that should be made.
0: Oh, yeah, and the writers for the show are fucking fantastic. Like, I really applaud the writers for the show.
1: They, they're very good at writing naturalistic dialogue. They're yeah. very good at writing,
0: you know... The character, John Constantine. They're very good <laughs> at adapting the stories to the yeah, I think day. they definitely
1: understand the character very well. And they understand him... Well, to the point that they know the strengths that the character has and the weaknesses that it has for television. Yeah. And they translate it very well. Right. Because it isn't literally just Constantine from the show, or from the comics, I don't think. He's a little bit more charming than that. Um, in the show. In the show, yeah. Yeah. He would be a little bit, if you were just to take the character from the comics and put him on t- screen, he would be a little bit too abrasive to be the protagonist.
0: Well, you'd end up getting, like, characters like how we have, like, you don't watch Doctor Who, but like the new Doctor and Doctor Who, uh-huh. or um, God, there was another one I just had in my head. But yeah, that very abrasive character, right? Which I always really like those kind of characters because it makes there's a level of intricacy to them where like, okay, why is he like this? Why does he act like this? And you kind of get to peel back those layers and see who the character is underneath it. And with John Constantine, he was always that very damaged character because of all this turmoil that he had in the past, and it was just really. Not a beautiful thing to see, but it was really interesting. And I think that's what makes him such a fan-favorite character. Right. Um, There's there's actually one thing I wanted to bring up that was in the graphic novels that's not in the show. And I don't know if they're going to work this in later. But uh, in the graphic novel, Constantine would always have these apparitions, basically. Uh Uh-huh. And they'd be in black and white, so it'd be a little stylized. But it's all the people of who he's let down. And either directly or indirectly killed in some manner. Uh, People that, you know, they, like, they blame him for their deaths and things like that. And it'd be very interesting because they would never hardly say anything, but whenever they would be there, you'd definitely understand why. And it was a really nice thing because you really got to see how much it hurt John Constantine every time you saw it, how much it, like, pained him to see these people come back to haunt him because he failed them. Um, and it was, it was so beautiful. It was such a beautiful relationship that they had, because you really get to see, even though John Constine's this massive, massive dick, you get to see why, and you understand that. It's not that, like, he hates everything, it's that he just can't afford to care for anything because it would injure him too much, and I think... It's that it's a nice irony for the show. The the reason why I think most people gravitate towards John Constantine is cuz he's a character that you really want to help and you really want to save. Right. And I mean now you can you can save John Constantine, you can save his show cuz it's not doing You could so post well. it. <laughs> and the it.
1: hashtag on Twitter. Hashtag. We we already single-handedly <laughs> saved the show, Michael. I don't I think you need to sell us a little bit heavier on that. Um We got the time slot pushed (laughs) by by putting those two promos up uh, to 8 o'clock from 10 o'clock, I think. (laughs) And NBC sent us a letter that they were like, yeah, thanks, off time. Too
0: bad the letter got lost in the mail and we never received it.
1: Oh, I received it. I just didn't want to show you because I don't like you and I don't like you to be happy.
0: Oh, well, that makes sense. Um, Wait, so you're the one renewing Gotham on Fox? Yep. (laughs) Seems like you're kind of hurting yourself there, too. No, but anyway. I'll watch
1: it. I don't watch TV
0: But uh,
1: <laughs> or movies.
0: But anyways, yeah. No, Constantine, it's a very, it's a show that's aimed towards its target audience. And li- like we said earlier, maybe not necessarily on the podcast, it's a show where the target audience probably isn't watching it on TV. They're probably streaming it online. Yeah. Which, if you are doing that, Please watch it on NBC.com/Constantine because
1: or Hulu or any of the other yeah places where it actually services.
0: counts to stream things yeah I mean I watch it on Series cravings because it's easier but you don't say
1: that because it's illegal
0: oh yeah no no i hypothetically if, if I if I did watch it I'd I'd, I'd totally watch it on NBC.com/Constantine because that's where it, you know it counts
1: it's okay your computer is filled with porn viruses because <laughs> of all of these fucking free streaming services that you go to. <laughs> It's called karma.
0: Yeah, it's true enough. Um, but no, Constantine. I really, really hope it survives. Mhm. Um, I really do want to see. Even even David Esquer in the pilot, they they made a little nod to the character of Doctor Fate, and they're saying, "Oh yeah, if we make it like season two or season three, you're gonna see Doctor Fate." he was kind of joking, but that would be fucking cool.
1: It's yeah, like, is that a big fan favorite character? Obviously, because they went crazy when you said it. Oh yeah, they were but they were nerds nuts. at Comic
0: Con. Yeah wait because <laughs> like you why would Comic-Con?
1: you wait till 2 3 i wasn't at that thing
0: oh, that's true yeah i waited like two hours to get into i
1: stood thing. outside of uh comic-con and ironically looked at cosplayers and was like idiots am i right big inflatable robin and then we high-fived
0: <laughs> yeah but but no the cons and the constantine panel actually at comic-con had a really good turnout i mean i shall say it again. i had to I had to fucking sit through the Star Wars Rebels panel to watch Constantine, so I was dedicated. So, yeah, that was a thing.
1: How was that?
0: Fuck, it was, uh, it was not as bad as I thought it would be, and it was not as good as I was hoping it would be. So it was just kind of, it was this overwhelming sense of being underwhelmed. Hmm. But yeah.
1: Star Wars. It's a thing.
0: It is a thing. It's a thing that is coming back. You didn't know. Okay, let me let me see this. Um, Starwars.com, the official Star Wars thing, just rated the top ten list of, like, the top ten Star Wars bounty hunters of all time. Really? They did. Guess who was number one? Your mom. No, she was not, sadly.
1: That's too bad. I was really hoping for her. Yeah? I was pulling for her, man. I thought it wouldn't mean a lot.
0: It, it, it would've, it really would've, but she was just beaten out. But who do you think? She like, was when eaten he, out? Uh, no. Gross. No. Anyways, um... God, completely derailed me there. Uh, <laughs> Star Wars, Star Wars Bounty Hunters. When you think of Star Wars Bounty Hunters, honestly, who do you think of? IG-88. Yeah, exactly. He wasn't on the list. Uh, really? Was he? Dengar. No, I think he was, like, number seven on the list. Um, but... Dengar. He also on the list. He was like number
1: eight or something. Bosk. Boss was like
0: number four. Hmm. I don't know who. You honestly don't seriously.
1: Um. Oh oh oh! He's what? A, God! It's shit! It's on the tip of my tongue. It's like, what is that Asian tea with like the bubbles in it? Bubble tea. Boba. Boba tea. Boba. Boba tea. Fett. Who are you talking about? Was, was are you talking joke? about Boba Fett?
0: Yeah, I was talking about Boba Fett. Okay, go. Yeah. Did not make number one.
1: Really? Boba was Fett number was one? number
0: two.
1: Who was number one? Boba
0: two? Fett was number two. Um,
1: well, I didn't know that. Who is. Okay, who's number one?
0: Number one was a character from the Clone Wars animated series. Oh, that's
1: bullshit. Tad That's bullshit. That's <laughs> fucking rigged. No, that was, that was rigged for the fucking sake of the poll. Wait, what was this from?
0: StarWars.com. Rigged. It was it was the editorial staff, I believe, of Star Wars Insider. Okay. Who chose this list? And it was funny because I saw the comments because this this post popped up in my newsfeed. I'm like, oh, okay, awesome. Like Star Wars thing. And like I literally scrolled through the comments, the comments, and the top comment was like, "So these people have all been fired, correct?" <laughs>
1: Oh lord!
0: Like I, yeah. think, like, I think I tweeted about it too. I'm like, Boba Fett was second. I don't. I don't think you understand, Boba Fett.
1: <laughs> well, ah, yeah, okay. Oh, whatever.
0: Oh my god! But that just fucking befuddled me. Like, I. I mean, I've I've seen this character Cad Bane in the show, and it, you know it make it would make sense if he was a good character and if he did cool things. No, he's literally a terrible character. His plots are his plots are shit, and he's he's just he's a character that every time he was on screen is not one of those characters like Boba Fett where like, oh wow, who's this? I want to know more about him. What does he do? How does he work? Things like that. Every time you see him, you're like, I want you to stop. <laughs> like you are giving me eye cancer right now. But that's kind of how I felt about ninety percent of the Clone Wars series, anyways. Yeah, doesn't exist. It's
1: like the prequels. Didn't happen. <laughs> it
0: just didn't happen. <laughs> but what if it sucks? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, it, but it, it. No, there's no. No! no, no it can't suck. How can it It'll suck? It'll be fine. It'll. Uh, oh. Maybe oh. we need to see it again. I, I. God damn What the fuck happened? Anyways. What else have we got, Tyler? I got nothing. We we uh we saw the Flash versus Arrow episode.
1: Oh right, yeah.
0: Yeah, uh we can go over that really quickly. Well you saw I,
1: the finale, right? So we're talking about that.
0: Yeah, well Flash and Arrow just had his finale. I mean, we kinda mentioned it when uh Mr Cameron Lawler if you're listening, you're probably not listening. Uh was on the podcast. We mentioned it briefly. But um but yeah. I I finished Flash and Arrow. Uh, I caught up with those completely.
1: Yeah, I watched that episode with you, Flash versus Arrow, or whatever yeah. it was.
0: Yeah, which, as we were watching it, we came to the conclusion, the conclusion that this is literally what the Batman 5 Superman movie will be. It, it, it's it's got to be, right? Verbatim. It's got to be
1: exactly that, maybe a little bit more complex, um, because it's Zack Snyder, and he'll try to shovel just everything in. Oh, but, yeah,
0: because, um, you know, Zack Snyder's known for them deep, fucking emotional stories...
1: I, I wouldn't call them deep. Uh, we're uh, not maybe not emotional or deep. They're convoluted, but um, I
0: it's it's amazing how convoluted they are and yet still be so shallow.
1: But okay, well, there was a scene in particular in this in this in this uh, Batman Five Superman versus Flash or what do they call it? Um, Flash versus Green Aris Green.
0: Flash versus Arrow. Green. Yeah, they're afraid of the word green for some Seth reason. Seth Rogen? You know, there was actually a joke in uh, the green first Hornet. season of Arrow where uh, they were calling him the vigilante, and John Barrowman, who plays Malcolm Merlin... Um,
1: John Barrowman's still
0: alive. Do you even know what I'm talking about?
1: Probably thinking of somebody.
0: Probably thinking of someone completely else. Completely different. John Barrowman played a character on Doctor Who called Captain Jack Harkness. Who yeah, I, Actually, I have the coat in my closet. Of the- <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Yeah, uh, I'm a nerd. Sorry, uh, but uh, but you know John Barrowman was on the show Arrow as a character Malcolm Merlin did a fantastic job of a character who I literally couldn't have give a shit about until he played the character. But they uh, they were they're sitting at the they were sitting at a table and they're talking about this whole Starling City vigilante, and uh, John Barrowman said like he needs a better name, doesn't he? Like Green Arrow, and then Oliver <laughs> Oliver Queen says. Totally lame, no, it's lame,
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, so um yeah, so they're afraid of the word green for some reason, but no flash versus arrow it's uh it's it plays out as well as I could have possibly hoped that an episode like that would have played out mm-hmm it was good, it was a good episode i I do think they're very well made shows, yeah. even if I don't agree with them necessarily pandering to the audience of the CW they're still very well made
1: mm-hmm yeah, I, I think that they're well done. Um I don't like the yeah, the pandering. The God. What was the line? It was like everybody's had a case of the feels
0: Yeah
1: and I'm like uh, <laughs> Come on. Kids aren't that stupid. <laughs> they know their memes. They know what they say on the internet, so you don't gotta say it though.
0: Yeah. Uh... Everybody's
1: had a case of the feels. It's the only way that you could appeal to the children michael no the only way you that gotta you talk can, like one of them
0: the only way that you can appeal to the teenage audience is if you inject a love triangle into the story which is mm, it's uh, it's, mm, it's what i hate about teen everything why why must there always be a love triangle in everything you, you know what i make? really
1: liked about it um about this episode
0: what the flash versus arrow yeah yeah what's up
1: gay commissioner <laughs> being gay for no reason. It
0: was an offhanded comment.
1: It was so out of left field. He's just like, "Yep, my boyfriend told me I can't eat hamburgers no more," and they didn't address it anymore. And maybe that's just me being fucking small-minded, but I was just like, "Wait, that was hilarious."
0: I didn't. I, I, was, like, I was.
1: I was. It was weird.
0: Yeah, I mean, I didn't see a problem with
1: it. I was. I. I don't have a problem with you know, it. I'm I, just like, that was so odd. <laughs> like, it was just an odd choice to make like a i don't see them i i don't see like a big scruffy man like that being like my boyfriend just, he'd be like my partner
0: i just I, my I felt butt like, buddy I, I felt like it was just unwarranted like if you actually ad- introduced that character in an interesting way i mean and warranted. i get what they're
1: trying to do they're just trying to make a um, norm yeah which
0: I, I i i appreciate them for i do applaud them for that but I, it could have been done better.
1: It, it was like just it, so silly.
0: In fact, how's about this? Do it with a character interesting. Yeah. Like, for real. Yeah. Do it with the main character. That would be cool. But do it, no, they're...
1: He's there's, talking there's. about hamburgers, and it was just... The whole thing was weird. Yeah, it was a little awkward. My boyfriend and my hamburgers. And then the Flash steals his hamburger! Oh, <laughs> 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 damn! He like He's like, I could only eat hamburgers here in the office because my boyfriend says I'm too fat.
0: It was his only joy in life. It was this, uh, the and only Barry thing keeping Allen him going.
1: It. And then Barry Allen's like, I'm hungry, and I'm the Flash. And he like runs really fast and zooms around, and he takes the hamburger mid-bite. Like, Gay Commissioner Gordon's like, no. Nah! And then it's like, zoom. And then the hamburger just disappears from his hand. And then he's like, oh, what? That's exactly how it played out. That's
0: not how it played out. And then he spun that's around in his chair is. a bunch of times. That's, it was exactly that's not what happened.
1: How- what show were you watching? Uh, <laughs> I don't even know you.
0: Anyways, another important thing to note in uh, the Flash vs. Arrow episode is they acknowledge the existence of Batman.
1: <laughs> yeah, kind of.
0: Yeah, no, not kind of. They blatantly acknowledge the existence of Batman. That guy
1: barely said it.
0: Yeah, it sounded like they were kind of afraid to say it because the implications I would bring to that He's like Batman. And they're like... He's not going to extract some vigilante justice like Batman, is he? Like they didn't put any emphasis on the word Batman, and they they didn't nolanize it like the Batman.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Which they should have.
0: Well, I mean, as much as you. That's not
1: nolanizing. I don't hate that. Yeah. Well. I hate, I hate the nolanizing um, of of taking character names away, where they're like the that cat lady, or the bane person or that guy with two faces like they don't if he's saying it like the 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 batman as in like a way to be like that guy that man who looks like a bat if that was the subtext then fuck him (laughs) but they say the batman all the time in the comics and it sounds cool so I'm fine with that
0: well I mean even like with two face in the dark knight they're saying like they they reveal I thought that they did a a lot of reveals in that where the name seemed cool I mean they do it in marvel movies too so I mean fuck you
1: no fuck nolan no
0: fuck you no Um, but there were, no, because, I mean, even, like, when Dent showed up and was like, what was the name that they called me down when I was working IA? And they're like, "They called you Harvey Two-Face. And I was like, oh, okay, I can see that. No, that's where the name comes from. That was a Nolan thing. Yeah. Yeah, then why are you saying it's a fucking Nolan thing? That was an example you brought up specifically.
1: No, but I didn't say it like that. I said the guy with two faces. That's how Nolan would have put it. But he didn't. He didn't, because I'm sure that somebody was like, dude, you can't just please stop doing that. And they were gonna you know his original shooting script the Joker was just gonna be called the J person who's funny look it up that's the first draft no one was like no 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 superheroes and villains can't have names that's not a, a real movie wouldn't do <laughs> that it's a really good no one not have names um, I like to speak quietly into the microphone you can't hear how cool that sounds but I, li- I like to Get really close into the microphone.
0: Which is pretty much how Ridley and Scott talks. Now. Is Speaking of Ridley Scott, do you hear how much of a douchebag he is in his most recent interviews? No. God, he seems like such a douchebag.
1: Well, fuck him.
0: Yeah, I mean, because I, he came out of the film Exodus, right, Gods and Kings, which is getting horrible Movement reviews all
1: around. People, oh yeah.
0: Uh, yeah, but he Exodus. he said a line. He said a line. He in adapted a, a Bob
1: Marley song into film.
0: He said a line in an interview, and uh, uh, he was—he was very much saying because there was a lot of controversy about that film being an all-white cast playing Egyptians. Uh, yeah, um, Sigourney Weaver's in it. So it was John Turturro. They're playing Egyptians, along with Christian Bale and Aaron Paul. Christian Bale
1: looks like an Egyptian.
0: No, he doesn't. You know who also doesn't look like John Connor. So, yeah. Um, no, he was
1: he he totally wasn't radical enough to be John Connor.
0: <laughs> but um, god what the fuck was I saying? Yeah, but um but you know, there was a lot of big studio influence cuz like they wanted big name actors to attract more people to the thing, which totally didn't work. Um but the way that he worded it in the interview, I guess, was he said something like, "Oh yeah, this movie would have been funded with Alejandro So and so." Like it was just <laughs> The douchiest way you could possibly imagine saying that sentence. Like, that's the way he said it, which... Wait, what
1: did he... Wh- I don't... With what?
0: Like, as the studio, they, they had him... They, they put all these big-name actors in there, like John Turturro and Sigourney Weaver and Christian Bale, despite none of them being Egyptian, okay. into a movie where they're Egyptians. But the way Ridley Scott phrased it is like, Oh, yes, if this movie starred, like, Alejandro so-and-so, no one would fund it. No who, one would Alejandro it. Alejandro
1: who? Was he well? Refer- oh, was there just like an off-handed racist comment? Yeah, because a that's not an Egyptian name. B
0: yeah, I know, but he was it was making an off-handed racist comment. No, that's the point of the story. He's an old English man. He's what an old English man who's kind of lost how to like the way to make movies. I think like have you yeah. seen his last couple films like The Counselor? That was fucking terrible. That's
1: what happens when people get old is they lose the ability to make movies.
0: You think so? Yeah. Well, I mean, you were talking about you'd recently seen Eyes Wide Shut by Stanley Kubrick. And mm-hmm. what what was his line in, in making that film? Oh,
1: he literally came out and he was just like... I, I don't remember who he was talking to. He was talking to some famous producer. Um, but he was just like, the movie, is, it's bullshit. It's a piece of shit. <laughs> now on to AI. And then he promptly died.
0: That's right. That I forgot fucked. he was supposed to direct AI. Yeah. God, that would have been a much better movie.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I mean AI wasn't the worst thing in the world. I think that movie gets a lot of undeserved hate. um It wasn't great. I was thinking it's a lot of. You know what attention. part of the problem was? Is I believe that the script wasn't quite finished. It was like a first or a second draft, and because Kubrick, um it was ed- a Kubrick ed- movie shot by Steven Spielberg. Yeah, and
0: it felt really weird.
1: It did. I think he was a little bit too slavish in his homage to Kubrick. Yeah. He wanted to emulate the style a little bit too much. I think if he allowed himself to be Steven and the script
0: like a Steven Spielberg thing. Yeah. But I mean, then again, like, Steven Spielberg did other things like War of the Worlds that was... You know, I, I actually honestly forgot that that was a Steven Spielberg film. I le- It was in my mind, like, legitimately that that was a Michael Bay film. It may as well have been. Until, yeah. like, last month.
1: Yeah... That wasn't a very good movie. Dakota Fanning's in it. Is she? You know what's funny Dakota? about Dakota Fanning in that movie is she looks like she got dressed in a closet. What do you mean? Like, none of her costume is weird. It's just, it looks like a bunch of things that were thrown together in the dark. Like, she's wearing, um, like, these weird tiger-striped arm things. And then she's got like a parka, like a bright yellow parka, and none of it goes together. It literally, it looks like you know somebody went into a closet, couldn't see what they were doing, and threw up uh, like a bunch of garments on, and uh, made a movie out of it.
0: Hmm.
1: With Tom Cruise.
0: You know, which is he, Tom Cruise is an actor I don't necessarily have a problem with.
1: Yeah. I yeah, hate I, I I like love him. I like him. He's as very th- good at being Tom Cruise. He's
0: very good at running. Yeah. Yeah, like, every time he runs, like, he sells that fucking run. Like, that's the best thing that he can do, I believe. I mean, not to, not to shit on his acting skills or anything, but when that... But re- his
1: running skills are so yeah, much better. Yeah, like,
0: for for real, when that man runs, it legitimately gets me excited.
1: Like, erect?
0: Yeah, like, it, it gets me hard and wet yeah. a little bit.
1: Um, that's weird. You shouldn't get wet when you get hard. Should I not? Is that not, no. a, is that
0: not a thing that happens?
1: Oh, are your balls leaking <laughs> <laughs> from the the staples like coming undone? Is no. that what happens when you watch Top Cruise?
0: No, but, um... But no, that's when he runs. It's it's, it's exciting. Mm. Yeah, that's all I have to say on that.
1: You're more machine than man. I am. Got staples in your. I'm more
0: machine now than man. Twisted and evil. Yeah. You know, I don't know if I've said this before, but
1: you have beautiful. I my. Oh.
0: I don't know if people even care, but just so that I have this on record, love me saying this personally. When I die, okay. I don't. I don't care what you do with the body, but what I want you to do. And if you are still alive, Pino... Well, you don't
1: care what I do with the body. Well, Well, let me finish. (laughs) good.
0: Um, let Mm. me finish. Please stop staring at me. Oh, go on. Take your hand off my leg. No. Um, anyways, uh, so I have this on record. When I die, take me to Yellowstone National Park. No. Dress me up as Darth Vader. Okay. Burn me on a pit of logs. Just like in Return of the Jedi. I don't care what you do after that. Do that. Alright. Do that. That's a funeral. Why break. are you
1: assuming that I'm going to be alive after you?
0: I don't know. You could probably drop dead tomorrow. you probably drop dead tomorrow. I hope so. You're like, so. what, 90? 90, 95? 96? Uh,
1: yeah. And, you know, my blood pressure. Your blood, blood pressure
0: pretty. is high. Um,
1: my diabetes. Yeah. You you would have diabetes? Up. Why? Yeah
0: huh if if one of the two of us was have to have to have any problem with sugar, that would totally be me
1: well diabetes isn't necessarily just a problem with sugar is it not I mean it's a problem processing sugar, yes, but it's not just from eating too much sugar okay. you obviously you have it and you probably bleed from your eyes on a nightly basis <laughs> your feet are gonna fall off Quite You're nice. gonna have to take your toes
0: <laughs> anyways, do we have anything else?
1: Nah. I haven't had anything in like an hour and a half. <laughs> I'm
0: just recording this to get it out the way. Yep. Yeah. So uh So
1: Merry Christmas. Happy New Year To all. Happy Hanukkah. Ha is it festivus yet?
0: What's festivus?
1: You poor summer child. Yep. It's a thing from Seinfeld. It's tomorrow actually. Is it? Yeah. December 23rd, 9pm Eastern Standard Time
0: It's Festivus
1: From here on in, it's fucking Festivus That was Brent I was just singing Rent.
0: Good night